What it do? Another week, another episode of Tech File. Mostly NBA this week, but we got a little bit actually we're going to sprinkle in. So buckle up and let's get into it. So 290 of Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. And it's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Ask Ketchum, a.k.a. Mr. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm going to try not to mess up my links. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as? The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew of the Real Life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. Not with us this week is Kay Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The everyday gentleman. 24 7. Complaining <laughs> about the energy and shit. Right. <laughs> you always complaining when, when it ain't, you know, it ain't the, 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 the intro, but he's feeling under the weather this week. So we holding it down. Dooch is joining us for a little bit here. We got Dooch for as long as we got Dooch for. You know, it's a busy man. Oh, while we have you, Dooch, shout out to you for producing that. Uh, 414 day mix, fam. That was. I appreciate that. Thank you. So you made a 414 day mix? Listen, I. No, Rennell, uh got a bunch of DA, DJs to make some mixes and I just put it all together. Oh. What can I find this at? Can you send me the link? I posted it on my Facebook. Okay. When? Oh, I can send you the link. On 414 day, I think. So Friday. <laughs> you, listen, this thing on my Facebook. I was say Friday, I was moving in group. No, I hear you. Friday, you I, was I don't post that much on Facebook. So if I tell you I posted it recently on my Facebook, it's not going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is not going to be hard to find at all. What's up, Sly, in the comments? Appreciate you here, fam. Appreciate you. All right. I propose that we do Sport Fact of the Week and then just get into it. No game and no sport fact. We go sport fact. That's cool. We ain't gonna do that. <laughs> I realized as we were starting the show, I'm like, my book is not in here. So yeah, <laughs> that is. We can just get right on into the show. Then there ain't nothing. There ain't nothing to it. Let's see. Dude, we got sound effects. Dang, I got my fault, G. Yeah. No, no, no. I got you. Hold on, hold on. I got it right here. Well, I know one sports fact of the week is that the Sacramento Kings won their first playoff game since 2006. Yeah, so, shout out to them. That place was lit. I know we're about to get into it, but I'm kind of trying to give Deuce enough time to load the stuff up. So, there we go. That's a team player. Yeah, right. I damn it want to start there. Shit. Right. So, I mean, we started with the NBA playoffs. Uh, playoffs. As you know. <laughs> as we record right now Boston and Atlanta is playing and New York and Cleveland are playing as we record this podcast so if you hear us referring to those series as being you know a 1-0 lead or whatever the case may be understand the timing of which we are recording this week's episode so I'm going to throw it to y'all because here's the truth about the NBA playoffs mm-hmm. all of the series are not made equal 
There are yep. some series that just don't have the, the the intrigue level to them. I think in Minnesota, <laughs> <Mark, laughs> uh, Brooklyn, uh, Philly, uh, Boston, Atlanta, those three in particular, I yeah. don't know how that's going to shake out. So, no juice. I ask you, gentlemen, no this: What series do y'all want to discuss first? Let's talk about the ones we are actually excited about here, and you know, spend time there. Uh, because of certain results on uh, on Sunday, I'm going to start with the one that we already kind of discussed. Then we'll go to Sacramento and Golden State because mm-hmm. so far that's been the most uh, competitive, most exciting. Like that, that's the one. Um, yep. Like when you combine, well, first of all, let's set the scene. Uh, Sacramento's up 2-0. The war, the Road Warriors, Road Warriored, um, but the atmosphere <laughs> in Sacramento. Cracking, crazy, and like wow. the way that, the way that, um, the way that Fox and Thompson and Curry and Monk went shot for shot down the stretch in Game One, like it was late as hell, and I was still like <laughs> glued to my television. Oh. <laughs> like that was some like, exciting basketball. Like I, the, yeah, like I just I really enjoyed that. I think that these two teams, like the style of play for both of them, just it's going to be an exciting series throughout. Like I don't know how if it'll necessarily be close, but it'll be like exciting, entertaining basketball. Yeah. Um, like as long as they're playing each other. Then last night's game. Man. Dream I don't, don't want to start negative, so I'll say like again, like that was a great game. I did fall asleep on that one because like I was just beat, but I did wake <laughs> up, woke up, um, saw that there were some antics, <laughs> but also yeah. some play down the stretch. Uh, so again, like that—that's the one for me that has stood out so far. I'm with you on that one, bro. I, yeah. Listen, I have faith in Golden State. I told y'all the motherfucking Kings. And the Warriors will have a problem. Hey, the Warriors will have a problem on the road, is what I said. And that has proven true. Like I highlighted Sly's <laughs> comments saying he was like a, like a prophet for the Kings Warriors round. I know Sly was with you, Tim, on picking Sacramento in this series. But as somebody, me, who picked the Warriors <laughs> to win it, uh, I didn't expect them to, to come out and win in Sacramento. Maybe they could split one. And game one, I thought they had a chance. They had the shot to tie it up at the end in overtime. And the truth of it is, like, for as bad as the Road Warriors are, which they have proven to be all season, the craziest thing is, like, they haven't played well in Sacramento. And they've been in both of these games. So you can look at it as being like, okay, well, they need to tweak a couple more things for the, for the Golden State to figure out how to get the wins. Mm-hmm. But... When it comes down to just being completely like, duh, having a duh moment where it's like, they got to win at home. Yeah. You can't go back to Sacramento down in the series. The series has to be even when they get back home. If it's not even when they are coming back to Sacramento, then I'm going to be a little worried about the, the, the Warriors' chances. But right now, I it's a long series. It's a championship team with a lot of metal behind them. But like it's, I'm not I'm not going to 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 worry too much um, at this point for the Warriors because they haven't played well and they've been in both of these games. They shot terribly from three. I wrote it down so I couldn't believe it. Over the last two games, the Warriors are shooting 32.2 percent from three. 
They sound like the Bucks. Well, we expect that from them. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Yeah, I was unsurprised. Uh, <laughs> we want to get to the antics. Yeah, we can talk about the antics, man. Because Draymond Green uh, decided to to curb stomp Demontis Sabonis <laughs> in his chest. Time to defend Baylor, bro. And the, <laughs> the the Drew Hill, tell me what you want. No, he used that man like a springboard. He did. Like he was Mario jumping up to hit the next. Like like this man. Listen, the comments around it have been really, really interesting because there's a camp of people who see as Draymond Green, and they're automatically going to be like, "Well, of course, because it's Draymond Green." Yeah. This this camp that's like, "Well, Demontis was holding his foot. I better talk about how he was holding his foot first before you talk about the stump." Will you stump the nigga? Exactly. <laughs> like you go give him a pass because he grabbed his foot. Like he still turned around and eight towned on this man. Like, like, bro. Yeah, that was you don't get the pass because he grabbed your ankle all game. You probably been grabbing jerseys. You probably been low key tugging hair. You probably done elbowed a nigga in the back or two. Like all game, and because he cuffed your ankle, so he was like. That's what I've been looking for. But it's something shit out of his He used what? his chest to springboard himself back up. And then people tried to say, oh, some Sabonis was acting. No, nigga, he got something in his chest. The yeah. <laughs> Green ain't no little dude. He's still about 6'8, six, 6'7, six, yeah. like, bro, 200 plus pounds. Like, God damn, he's still big. Like, shit, he stomped that nigga in the chest. It looked like to me, and then Eric, I know you want to say something. It looked like to me because Sabonis fell. It looked like he was trying to do grab his head and protect himself, but as he was going up, he caught the, like his leg was in between where he would go. So then he's holding on for dear life at that moment. <laughs> Draymond gets pissed because he said he had his leg held in game one as well. So he just stomped on him. Nigga, no, 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 yeah, no, no, that just too much, no. So yeah, that was one of the points that I was gonna make was that I saw an alternate angle and like you can definitely see like it was just an instant reaction like dude was trying to cover up and caught Draymond's leg. Like yeah. I don't think he was trying to like break his ankle or do any of that shit. Yeah. Like it was really just wrong place at the wrong time. And yeah. the fact that it is Draymond in the situation, it's like you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like you've done way too much stuff over the course of the last decade. <laughs> like Every year. He kicked Herb Jones in the head like less than a month ago. Yeah. And I blame the NBA and I blame the Warriors because they just keep enabling it. It's like he's a habitual line stepper and nobody ever, ever calls him on his shit until he like goes way overboard. Like even now they're saying like he's unlikely to get suspended for game three. It's like the man just curb stomped somebody in the NBA game. Like... (laughs) If that's not suspension worthy, like I don't know what is. Like that's what is. Yeah. That's probably the crowd. Yelling at the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like egging stuff on after the fact. Like it's not like he showed remorse. It's not like oh my bad, I accidentally. Like he tried to play that card after the game where he's like oh my bad, you know like I ain't have anywhere else to put my leg. Like bro, no (laughs) way. You could have shook your leg free. Yeah, anywhere else to put your leg. Like, that was you premeditated and perfect. Like, you, know. you know how to pivot. <laughs> That's funny. I ain't had nowhere to put my yeah. leg. He absolutely said that. 
He yeah. says, why you came down? And then he said that the reason the ref threw him out was because the ref said he stomped too hard. He didn't seem remorseful for making the stomp. He said that he got kicked out because he stomped too hard. Too hard. And then he, it's funny. he leaked a uh, comment, uh, not leaked, but he gave a quote to Mark Spears from ESPN, like, I'm going to get my ankle x-ray because he grabbed my ankle. Like, oh, man. And the thing is, like, everybody makes a joke because it's like Draymond with one tech is like the most, you know, Teflon player in the NBA because they not throwing him out or like he can get away with murder essentially after he gets that one tech because they don't want to throw him out of the game. And it's the same thing with the suspension. It's like the NBA is going to err on the side of trying to keep their stars in game so that they're, that isn't like a so that they aren't affecting the outcome in that way for like really big playoff games especially like with them you know like how crazy gambling is intertwined with the NBA product at this point exactly. like you definitely don't want to get in the way of like fair competition which I get but at the same time you kind of have to have some type of spine like when it comes to people that try to uh, abuse that system which Draymond definitely does yeah I mean we should have known uh, when we saw the video of how he punched Jordan Poole like that interview, like that. Yeah, how was Golden State not tired of that man at this point? Like right. he cost them. A t- we said this when he punched Jordan Poole. He cost them at least two titles. One when yeah. he punched uh, LeBron in the nuts, and then yeah. two when he drove Kevin Durant out of town. Like, yeah. and now if he were to get suspended for Game Three, like potentially that can cost you a fourth title because. I don't know if they can win a win the game without Draymond against this Kings team. Yeah, the, it, it's apparently suspension appears to be unlikely for Draymond. It's most likely going to be a fine for him, in part because Sabonis grabbed his leg to initiate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is what they're saying. Um, but one thing I have been thinking about, what does give me pause, because I mentioned like you know winning, them winning in Sacramento. I knew it was going to be hard to win Sacramento. I knew it wasn't going to be a lot of Warriors fans in Sacramento. I knew it was going to be a crazy crowd. They were going to come up amped. But here's one thing I have been looking at. And when we come back next week, they will have already played, let's see, game three is Thursday, game four is Sunday. So when we come back, four games will have been done next week. If we come back next week and this series is not 2-2, one thing I've been thinking about watching them in Sacramento, because like, especially with Draymond, where it's like, at times I feel like Draymond is playing Draymond instead of just hooping so i, I was sitting there thinking like i wonder how much of this is them trying to overcompensate because they realize like it ain't the same right now or how much of it is just like role warriors you know off to a bad start that's why i'm like the next two games are going to tell the story here because it feels to me at times like it's they're going through the motion of trying to pretend like just be who they always were but it's just not erling the way it normally does yeah, it's kind of like Chris Paul. As, sorry, Tim. But it's kind of like Chris Paul, like where the dirtiness factor amps up as they try to compensate for the loss of talent, either ability or athleticism, whatever it is. Like they need to up their edge because, like, they can't just go out and hoop the yeah. way they used to. Uh huh. But to your point earlier about the Warriors haven't necessarily played well. Like game one, it was really the Malik Monk show. Because like, De'Aaron Fox still ain't shooting well in neither game. Like I think he was like 10 for 24 the other night. And then the first game, I think he was like 12 for like 27 or some shit like that. 
Like, they really, as a team, ain't really been shooting well either. There's been, Sabonis had a good game the last game. Uh, Monk had a good game the game before. But other than that, like, everybody else kind of been pitching in to make it that way. So as bad as the Warriors been playing, the Kings ain't been playing that much better as a collective either. So it's like, if they do decide to play better, or if they do go to Golden State and actually play better, or De'Aaron Fox actually have a game where he's actually hella efficient too, yeah. like, then they may not have a shot against these niggas. <laughs> 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 the De'Aaron Fox had almost 40. Uh, what was his shooting percent? He was like, he shot like, what, almost 30 times that game, didn't he? Let's see. Fox, where you at, Foxy Fox? Well, mm-hmm. I did want to say one more thing about the Draymond thing. He was slightly under fifty percent. He shot thirteen to twenty-seven, so that's actually a pretty good, a pretty good night. He was four and eight, 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 three. And then it was Monk, and outside of that, really wasn't nobody else, right? Yeah, Sabonis had a bad first game, but he had a nice bounce back right. game. And then the second game for Fox, he ain't really have a good shooting game. It was like that was like, and then uh, Monk didn't have a good shooting game. So well, like, game one, they shot lights out, which is part of why they won. <laughs> and game two, they didn't shoot well. Sacramento didn't shoot well in game two from three, but they pounded it on the inside. You know, yeah. like and free throws. So. Novel concept, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Uh, crazy how that works, right? Oh. But yeah, like, I'm, I've been impressed by... Sacramento's defense because obviously like that was the yeah. question coming in was like you know we know what their offense can do but can their defense hold up in the playoff series um, and like even all season I've kind of been under the impression that it's not from a lack of effort it's not from a lack of like defensive game plan they just don't have good defensive players so I guess it's, it's different because it's like if if it was an effort thing or if it was just like a, I don't care about defense, it would give me more concern. But it's like, it's just, just try. Like sometimes the team can beat you. The individual players can get by you. You don't have great win protection. I get it. But if you just try, like you can look into uh, turnovers. You can kind of gum up the stuff that other people are trying to do. You can like effort gets you a long way. Yeah. Um, especially when you can game plan for a specific <clears throat> opponent. So, like, it, it's good to see them come out and fight. And again, like, they won a game without playing very good offense. And they only allowed the Golden State Warriors have, what, 106 points? Like, that's a win, even if they didn't win the game. Like, yeah. They've been doing a good job chasing them around the perimeter, making those threes difficult for them. Yeah, off night. Off night. I'm gonna say off night, dog. I knew that he was gonna show up. And they was gonna have an off night. You definitely called <laughs> off. You definitely called out off night in the yeah. preview. Which, I think that was like the first name. I'm like, why are you all? <laughs> like? Because I always act like where what Tim the name that Tim comes out the gate with is like it's never like Fox and Sabonis. It's maybe <laughs> I Mitchell and, and and Terrence Davis. Like they they some dogs. Hey, before we move on, though, I do want to shout out Harrison Barnes. Like, yeah, uh, he's in Sacramento, one. not like in the sense of him hey, shopping 20, but like he's doing everything they need. And mm-hmm. again, another guy with playoff experience. And I know for him, it'll be really sweet for him to knock off. You know, Draymond probably, other lads probably had something to say. Oh, you know. You know, you know he, he has something to say. All well, right. Shut up, nigga. You look like the, the symbols on the bottom of a sneaker. Shut up. 
Okay. Tim, Tim and Eric, y'all both had Sacramento winning this series. I had Golden State. Which I'm not sure. Who did you have winning this series going into it? Uh, Sac. Okay. So we two games in. Again, when we come back, it'll be four games played. Are y'all still feeling confident about y'all pick? Yep. Yeah. Slightly more so. <laughs> I think they could get one in Golden State. Like, yeah, if they do. I kind of just defaulted to Golden State can't win on the road. So, um, yeah. but yeah, like the way that they've kind of stood toe to toe with them. And like I said that during our preview, where it's like, you know, sometimes inexperience shows its way, you know, negatively, but sometimes it just it gives you a false sense of confidence and you can just ride that, yep. ride that to a win. So, yeah. Not to mention Sacramento is one of the better traveling teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, best road record in the West. It'll be interesting to see what the Warriors was it Golden was uh the Warriors Chase. I'll be curious to know what the crowd makeup is going to look like at Chase because we had conversations about Warriors fans traveling to Sacramento and I was like, no, tickets cost too much in Sacramento. Yeah, but tickets are cheaper. To see up. them play at the Chase Center, so I wonder if there are going to be any Sacramento fans traveling. To Golden State for I think so. It'll be interesting to see. One last thing. Uh, E40 got ejected from game one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a white woman, so I kind of <laughs> attempted to, well, I saw it with E40 on this. More than likely, they were violating. Um, but I bring that up to say Kendra Andrews had a tweet about like the Warriors practice before game two and Apparently they were listening to E forty all practice and then Clay's like, Yeah, turn that E forty up and Steph was like dancing on the other side of the court. I'm like, these niggas is corny. <laughs> <laughs> like Steph probably for the first five years he played there didn't know E forty was a rapper. He just thought exactly. it was that shit at the end of the bench. Like Clay Thompson could probably name two E forties all. Like it, I don't buy it. Shoot, that's one more than me. <laughs> I'm not gonna get on E40. Y'all know how to vote E40. We're gonna, we're gonna just move on before the bay come for me. I like that's one of the songs. <laughs> what? Come for me? The bay. Bay. Yeah. <laughs> that, Ooh, I don't want to hear all that. All the, <laughs> I'm, I'm the bay was one of my favorite E40 songs. I am good. Baby, I can't change way. That shit was cold. I'm E40 for jumping on that Big Sean track. We didn't need him on there. I don't have what you was perfect. We didn't need an adi- You know what? Neither here nor there. I was just about to ask him a question and he is gone. So undisclosed location uh internet. Right. Well since he's being uh since he's loading, the next series, uh let's talk about I'm not ready to talk about the bucks yet because You're not ready to be angry yet. Yeah. I'm not ready to get mad. And I'm gonna have to vent because I'm pulling the I'm pulling a, uh, a double header tonight. After tech foul, I'm doing like oh, on butt sport tomorrow. I'm gonna need to get out some of this anger uh, before then because I shouldn't even call it anger. It's more like being a disappointed parent. That's what it feels like more than anything. But before we get to that, let's talk about the Lakers and the Grizzlies while we have Duke. I want to make sure we capture Duke's thoughts while while we have him here on that series in particular. So currently. The Lakers lead 1-0 in this series against the Grizzlies. Game two is Wednesday, game three is Saturday, and game four is Monday. So coming into the series, Tim and Eric had Memphis, myself and Ken. We've had the Lakers, and of course, Duke has the Lakers as well in this one. So 
<laughs> I'm happy, man. They, they, um, I'm happy. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say something. No, I feel it because early in that game, when Kate, when not Katie, when AD was holding his arm, and he, I was like, man, Lord. he was he was limping, and he had a shoulder thing, and I was just sitting there like, is Anthony? I was like, I texted him, and I was like, maybe I should have considered Anthony Davis <laughs> help a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm happy. I'm just happy. I'm happy that we got out with a win. Sure, so. Honestly, that's what you got to do as the road team. Like, if you can get one, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you, you change home court advantage. So it's like, that's what you came here to do. Like, even if they lose in game two, like, they yeah, did yeah, their job on the road. Then they got a whole serve at home. But, like, it looked good. It was a couple parts where I was like, oh, here come Memphis. Like, yeah, yeah. Lakers ain't got it. But the Lakers actually responded to the run. I was like, look at the growth. Look at the growth. <laughs> on the rails. Uh, Rui Hachimura had a career game. Who was that hating on, the, hating on Memphis? Was it Desmond Bain? Mm-hmm. Who like, had a career yeah. game? We can see if he do it again on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean. AR had a good game. Wrong. <laughs> he said he ain't wrong. <laughs> 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 Austin Reeves legit, man. Like, yeah, I, yeah. He's talking big shit. As he yeah. should in that moment. Good. Yeah, exactly. Hey, the behind the back too. pass was beautiful. The behind the back down to the key was I was like, oh, this is what we do in the playoffs. <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> like you had enough goal to get that off in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, man. And really cashed it too for him. She yeah, that's, off, the, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm just happy, man. I'm just happy we got one of them out of there. Definitely. It was good. It um, uh, the, the conversation around banning charges has come up again, in large part because of John Morant's injury that he had in this game. When, of all players, Anthony Davis tried to take a charge when Ja is driving at him, as if he did not earlier in the game. Which I was like, dang, good defense, vertical contest. You are <laughs> almost seven feet tall, Anthony Davis. There is no reason. You know them work zoom cameras where they be following yeah. them in the conference room and you be like, oh uh-huh. shoot. But yeah, the, the whole like that's how Ja got hurt, and then we talk about Giannis's too, but like the whole ban the charge movement has been picking up steam and there are people who have never heard yeah. someone say this before. And I just wanna say here on technical file. This man, Eric J, I can't point directly to his box, but that man right there uh-huh. <laughs> said, ban the charge early on in our run. Yeah. He was the first person I personally heard mention ban the charge because I remember when we had the conversation on the show and I said, ban the charge. We have Ursa Ilyasova. And he said, I know we got Ursan, but like, it's dangerous. Like, it's yeah. a player we don't need. And as time continues to go on, I have absolutely converted over to that side. Even if it's not banning the charge outright, expand yeah. the restricted area yeah, or I'm actually call the play right. Because people, defenders are only doing this cheap stuff of moving in the way in front of an airborne player because they're trying to get a charge call. And part of the rule of what's a charge and not is like, if the player is already doing the upward motion, of his shooting motion, you can't, you're not supposed to be able to get in front of him because the motion has already started. Damn. And you always see it. That's as a Bucks fan, we see with Giannis all the time of guys just trying to take charges. They try to get in the way. Just and falling down in front of somebody is not playing defense. We need to do something to incentivize defenders to actually try and play defense. Because again, 
there's no reason Anthony Davis should be trying to take a charge when he is seven feet tall against John Morant. Kevin Love, defend. If you can't get out the way, and people will be saying like, "Oh, you can't ban a charge because then you're just gonna have a hundred points a game." Offensive fouls still exist. You can't just run through somebody. Like, just all, right. all I'm saying is, like, play defense. Just play defense. And they still call offensive fouls on Giannis. They ain't yeah, like, yeah. never call it. No, I was about to say, he get a lot of them. He, he has the legal charges. He leads. <laughs> <laughs> By far. Like, it's a, like, Camille, you kind of hit on it. Like, we don't have to outright ban charges. Like, yeah. that's. Like yes, ban the charge. It's kind of like uh, defund the police. Like it, it's an inclusive term that just means like we need to think of alternatives to, to your point, incentivizing people to do this dangerous action in the play. Like ban, uh, widen out the restricted area yeah. because players are much more athletic in mass than they were when that charge circle was instituted. Like yeah. you ain't have people taking off from the dotted line <laughs> <with> regularity <laughs> when they put it in. Like you need to kind of push it out a little bit more because then yeah. you know, like then it's closer to when they actually pick up their dribble and go into an upward motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, kind of allow people to play defense a little bit more. Like we have to trade yeah. off like getting the help defender sliding in to take a charge out of the game. Like maybe allow a little bit more with the contest. Maybe. Um, allow a little bit more hand checking. Maybe yeah. allow team give more give teams yeah. more tools in the toolkit defensively. Because again, like the only the only real defense against Giannis at this point is fall down and hope that they call something. Yep. Which yep. like the point of basketball as an entertainment product is to see the best players on the court as much as possible. Yeah. Like I proposed at one point, like even, you know, doing away with fouling out because again, like you want to see players on the court, like make there be a stiff penalty if you go yeah. past six fouls, but like you don't want people sitting on the bench in crunch time because, you know, I had a moving screen in the third quarter and I had like a ticky tack reaching yeah. foul mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter and like there was a charge that was like a 50-50 charge block and it's like, like it's just... Again, as an entertainment product, it's yeah. not good for business. Again, like you have you you're disincentivizing players to try to throw it down in traffic. <laughs> like that's one of the most exciting plays in basketball. Like why are you trying to like why is there a avenue for people to hurt them on those plays? Yeah. Yeah. And I just had to say that because the jaw injury, when I saw the way his wrist bent and I was just like yeah. Like, you know, and people think that people thought I was saying it on Twitter because of these two injuries happening back to back and it's like no nah, like my homeboy put me on to this concept a little while ago fam. I've, I've been watching it like it's something that shouldn't be in the game anymore the game has evolved and you have to continue to evolve it but that's all I'm saying we can, we can move off the charge because everybody's talking about the charge debate as it is now so maybe the NBA will do something about it now that it has more attention but for the Lakers and Memphis. At this moment, John Morant is, I believe, questionable for tomorrow's game two against uh, the Lakers. His like test came back, no breaks. It's just a pain tolerance issue for him at this point. 
I'm still feeling pretty good about that Lakers pick. I'm not sure if the way they won game one is sustainable with Rui going off for almost 30 points. Uh, That doesn't feel right, but it was a game where LeBron James didn't have to exert much energy down the stretch. Yeah. So, like, that's a win in itself because he's going to need that. And it was also really fun to see LeBron James playing defense again. Because that man definitely in the regular season. That man be walking off and then he be pointing at somebody else and then getting mad. I told you he was over there in the corner. LeBron. You in the corner. Your man, though. I forgot what clip I was watching. It was it was like two plays, two or three plays. It was two plays in a row. He left his man. Bro hit a wide open three. And then somebody else drifted right behind him. His man was in the corner again. Somebody else came right behind him and was slowly walking towards the paint. So Bron started following his man yeah. to the paint and left Bro wide open in the corner again. Smacked that bitch. I'm like, and he was the whole time. Where are you at, bro? Where are you? What are you doing? Now, why are you watching the game? Why aren't you playing the game? Why are you watching the game? Oh, now LeBron James playing at the random on 2K. <laughs> He's not holding this guy at all. Just walking off on him. Why are you over here, Brian? Where's your oh, man? Oh, oh, that's funny. I might have moved more on defense this season than LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> the playoff LeBron, he came out game one. He out here chasing down blocks. And blocks on the rails. <laughs> staying in tune when his man don't got the ball. Look at him. Playing off wall defense again. Look at LeBron. <laughs> That man be out here wild. Oh, they got the nerve funny. yell at me. Hold on, bro. That man really saved everything for the playoffs. Like he was. Hey, I respect it. Like I as somebody that's approaching thirty-eight, like <laughs> you understand. Only do exert as much, exert as little energy as possible to get the job done. Oh man! So I said all facts. The, yeah, all I'm gonna say, is, bro, show me, show me the, uh, that is show me the stats with, with your man, with you guarding him. Stop talking to me, bro. Hey, they got to the playoffs. That's, that's, that's right. That was the assignment. Like he did enough. That he is enough. Yeah, that means, my nigga. Yo, guys, now he turned in when you guarding him. Uh, <laughs> one, one last thing with this matchup that I do want to call out. Um, in the preview, I called out why I was picking LA over Memphis was in large part because front court depth. Like yeah. Memphis is just so thin, and the rebounds, like Anthony Davis and LeBron, and even Rui, like they was going up and getting yeah. them. Uh, again, I had the Lakers. Dude got the Lakers. Tim and Eric got Memphis. How are y'all feeling about y'all pick? It's only been a game. So, again, like I was saying before, if you if you are new to Tech File, we don't really try to – we don't overreact. We ain't going to give you all of that. So, yeah. uh, But we are going to ask the question and check in. Like, are you still feeling confident about your pick? Or did you see anything in the first game that makes you think, like, mm, I didn't consider this? Um, I'm still cool with Memphis uh, at the moment. Uh, it depends on. I know Jack probably not gonna play game two. This word is they like he's nah. He I think he aggravated something again today or some shit like okay. that. So he's probably more than likely out uh, game two. But I think they have enough. They don't have the front court depth, but they got enough. They still got a big ass squad though. Like they got enough wing players. And they got enough athleticism on, and they still got Triple J, not a defensive player of the year. You know, it's wild. Most of the time, you see the defensive player of the year, they start getting cooked in the playoffs. <laughs> like, it'd be wild as shit. Well, Marcus Smart uh, get cooked. He just flopped more. Marcus Smart was flopping and leaving niggas wide open in the finals. I was going to say, Steph kind of got him in the finals. 
Marcus not getting cooked in the Hey playoffs. man, Steph Curry gonna do that. <laughs> no, I was about to say that's Steph. That's a hard that's a hard cover. Y'all saw the, the clip with J.R. Smith talking about I'll say that, yeah. How Delhi almost died trying to hold him back in 2015. I, you know what? I wanted to see the clip. I didn't, but then De'Aaron Fox started. I was just going to say this. Yeah, he was like, hey, he wasn't it. wrong. He wasn't lying at all, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hear you, truly. But you're going to have to. Everybody kind of got to live up to those joints, bro. So, yeah. we'll see. We'll all see. Right, I'll be back, y'all. All right. All right. Yeah, but, uh, full disclosure, I... We, I went to the bus game on Sunday and we went to dinner right before. So I missed most of the Lakers game. So I really don't have a feel like I watched the highlights, but yeah. that doesn't really tell a full story. Um, honestly, most of these series were kind of a coin flip for me. Like it's, it is a very, aside from the ones that aren't close at all, like the rest of them are pretty much coin flips for me. Like mm-hmm. they're evenly matched. <clears throat> and this was one of those ones to me that was kind of like, I could see it going either way. Um, and I still feel that way. Um, Obviously, Ja getting hurt kind of makes a difference, but to Camille's point, like, you know AD going to get knocked up? Not. Knocked up. <laughs> <Word. laughs> At some point. Uh, so it'll probably even out eventually. Um, not going to, like, I'm not trying to wish injury on him, but, you know, like. Just being realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel I feel you on that. Um, I'm still feeling good about the Lakers pick at the moment. I, they have given me nothing to be like they won one on the road like that's what you try to do so as of now I'm feeling I'm still feeling pretty good about that pick Tim what series do you want to discuss next um do y'all want to go into the Bucks series because I'm about to say this Clipper series versus the uh the Suns I already Were you, you, you was gone when you said like you ain't want to get to that one yet so yeah, I mean, because I watched that. I was in the watching uh, a lot of that Clippers game. And Dang, so you're going to have me the one to bring the Bucks in, huh? Hey, I mean, shit, that's your forte anyways. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How about this, Camille? When you're ready to talk about the Bucks, we can talk about the Bucks. Until then, we'll, we'll follow your lead. Well, here's the thing. We're running out of series to talk about because three of them we don't, we don't care about. We've already talked about two. If we go Clippers, Suns, and the only other one that could possibly be talked about before Bucks, Miami is Cleveland and New York. And then, dang, Cleveland, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland up 17. Yeah, right I just now. saw Cleveland won on an 18 to 4 run. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, <laughs> Phoenix and uh, Phoenix and uh, Clippers, it is. Yeah. The Clippers currently lead the series 1 0. Game two is tonight. Game three is Thursday. Game four is Saturday. So, when we come by- back, Game five, if necessary, would be the upcoming game for us coming into the series. Tim was the sole soul that said the Clippers got it. Yeah, really? Uh, I was only one? You was the only one. Me, Eric, and Ken all went with the Sun. So, Tim, you said you watched this first game. Give us your thoughts. How you feeling about the series? Anything that stood out to you? So on and so forth. Russ is coming with a vengeance. <laughs> he that motherfucker was... And, like, and he keeps the energy, like he keeps the same energy across the board every game, whether it's good or bad, you go get it. 110 from Russ. And the way he was trying to play KD is like, nah, I got something. Nah, nah, bro, I'm on your bumper, fam, all game. You ran past me. Oh, that's okay. Pope, ball free. You lost that turnover. Oh, let me get that block real quick. I'm going to run full speed up the court. <laughs> like, like, no, Russ was everywhere game one. And then Kawhi just, he, he low key was looking like Toronto Kawhi. Uh, he was getting the bounce. He's playing the defense, and like he he took up KD a lot. 
Can I say something <laughs> real quick that I didn't realize? I do not like Kawhi's shooting motion. No, uh, I don't know. His, his jumper is not pleasant to my eyes. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> and it looks like he'd be concentrating. Yeah. He'd be cashing it. <laughs> he had a pull up three attempt, and I was like, ugh. Like, <laughs> and smack that motherfucker. <laughs> like Didn't look good at all. But go ahead, Tim. I just had to say that before I forgot. And he moved that ugly ass shot. He, he shoot like Draymond looked. But like, <laughs> the way that shot be falling though, bro, that motherfucker, like, I don't know how he be doing that shit. But then he turn around and then he'll turn around and take up KD. Like I said, if, if it won him, it was, uh, motherfucking, uh, Didn't they start with Eric Gordon on KD? Covington. Eric Gordon was up there every night. I think he started on KD, if I remember correctly, in game one. Which was like, oh, interesting. But he's a big, like, he's little, but... He's, he's little, but he's strong as hell. He got long arms. But the way that they played the switch, it was like well, whoever was like Kawhi would start on Aiden. So then when they come up for the pick or the screen or whatever like that, he switched on to KD. So I'm like, that's smart as shit. Like so, it, it may not seem like he guarded him initially, but he always ended up or around him or Booker. And then Russell just, I mean, Chris Paul out here being dirty and shit still. Like I, he got an offensive foul during the game when he was just—he—he he already blew by Terrence Man for absolutely no reason. Motherfucker put the elbow up, boom, running it. Oh God, damn, bro, come on! I'm like, Ugh. I don't like this, this this dirty <laughs> shit, bro. I don't. I really don't. Like I, lo- I love the mess, of, but I don't like the dirty. I really, really don't. But it's—he it, just this team, the Clipper squad. I feel like have enough defense. And Kawhi, as of right now, Kawhi, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann are enough firepower for them to do their thing. Zubac is big as shit. He just out-rebounded motherfuckers. <laughs> by himself, outscored the Suns bench mm-hmm. in game one. So I guess Norman Powell is different, bro. That's how it's like, Norman, Suns bench is ass. It's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. But Norman yeah. Powell has always been, like... A low key ex like shit. When the Toronto played the Bucks. Norm Powell, Norm Powell, renowned butt killer. So like, and he should have been on the squad. That's probably it's just that pent up. But um, one thing that was interesting too with that matchup is the fact that Phoenix only took 19 threes the entire game. Like it's like I know y'all like the mid range shot, but it was still kind of jarring to see a game in 2023 where a team only attempted 19. Like Miami Heat took more threes than the Phoenix Suns did. And the, the Miami can't even shoot them. No, they cut Sunday. I mean, we gonna talk about Where that. Where did that come from? But um, you know, like there, <laughs> like there's a point down the stretch where I'm like, now nah, I see why the Clippers gave Kawhi unlimited PTO because to the to the LeBron point, he saved it for when he needs it. So you know, he can just get to the playoffs. And the fact that they made it to a five seed, like they made it high enough to where. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've always felt like they had a team that was better built for the playoffs than for the regular season, just because, you know, low management. Plus, like they have a lot of guys that can kind of go get their own shot, right? Um, which is what you need in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, it, it still is just the Paul George injury, which we got a little bit more clarity. He's unlikely to come back for this first round series. So, mm-hmm. what you see is what you get with the Clippers at this point. There's no, there's no savior coming, but they have Kawhi. So, yeah, no, and he, no, no. 
He's well rested. Yeah, if he got enough defense and shooting around him, we know Kawhi can just he'll he'll handle everything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the fact that Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like the fact that Russ pulled a Drew at the end of the game and like strip book threw it off his body, and I looked at his oh, stat line. I'm like, he three for seventeen. This really was a Drew bless. I mean, a Drew holiday game. One for nineteen. Three for nineteen. What he finished with, but, which is like it's crazy because despite him shooting so poorly, he had a good game. Like. Mm-hmm. He did everything. Clippers don't win that game without Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter, which is wild to think about when he shot three for 19 from the field. But like the rebounding, the defense, the effort, the steals. Like he, Russ, Russ, hey. Threatening uh, to beat up the money bag douche uh, from the Suns fan. Bro was all in his section too. The NBA is uh, looking to be all around for for Russ on Sunday. What'd you say? The NBA is looking into that exchange, uh, which I don't know how much you can. It's a video, like you see what happened. So I did see, I think it was Ty Lu said that the players aren't going to walk that because that's like a shortcut way to get mm-hmm. to the court. But the players were parent, I heard the same thing on Low Pulse was talking about this a little bit more, which I didn't finish yet, which I'm kind of happy because I didn't want to hear him talk about the Bucks. But mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently like during the pandemic a lot of players would go that way because there wasn't no people there and it was just quicker but now that there are people there they're reconsidering how many like opposing players take that route to get back to the court yeah I noticed that so like the Bucks put out this great series called All Access where they kind of have like a behind Fantastic. the scene. Um and when they were in the finals like they were like hour long <laughs> hour long episodes um but they had stuff in that area and like yeah it was devoid of people but i always thought it was like it was weird because it was like a cramped ceiling and it seemed like very well furnished like it didn't seem like the tunnel area of a typical arena so like it makes more sense that that's kind of a lounge but also that's weird as hell to have it in a place where players are coming in and out of like it's just it's a poorly set up area if there's a chance that opposing players are intermingling with home fans like yeah that's just asking for trouble which you would think that would be something they only do for the home team you maybe that's just a mindfuck for the opposing team like hey i gotta go past these fans now bro i I will say this though um the series we've talked about already i've been like yeah i still feel good about my picks this is the one it's only been a game so the suns will make adjustments i'm they're not gonna get swept i i can't see fans getting swept but this was one where I was like, hmm. This one, I'm like, I'm actually kind of re. Up. I picked who I picked. It's already been put in stone. I said it was going to be Phoenix. But this one, I, I was like, I think it might end up going in the Clippers' favor. I was say, if anybody gonna be able to disrupt some 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 chemistry, it's gonna be a motherfucker Kawhi. <laughs> and the game started coming on the line and shit like that. And like, okay, who, do, who am I gonna give it to? Like, he over there guarding book, but then I don't know if I catch that motherfucker. He he go bring his ass over this way. <laughs> and if it ain't him, it's Covington. And if it ain't Covington, it's man. If it ain't him, it's like they they got enough. They got enough to to really disrupt some things. And Chris Paul. Mm. With Chris Paul, like they're definitely picking on him, and for a good reason, because absolutely, and all the guards are bigger, like way bigger mm-hmm. than him. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it's crazy to me that we have two of the like stone coldest 
shot makers just duking it out in the first round. Like, yeah, Kevin Durant and Ka- Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard. Like, those are two dudes where it's like it don't matter what defense you throw at them. If they get to that spot and rise up, you just gotta pray that they miss. Like, it, there's not really much that you can do. Uh, like, I get that KD has Kawhi on him at times, but like even that, it's kind of like, hey man, like I'll still take my chances with KD. Yeah, yeah. honestly. I, so I like the way that they deployed him, deployed Ka- or, uh, Kawhi in game one as well. Like starting him off on eight, and, and then as the game progressed, you see him covering KD more and more and more. Then it comes to the fourth quarter, and KD was checking Kawhi too. Where it's like, I'm like, this is what I want to see. Like, let me I see the that. stars checking. Like, that's what I'm here for. So watch Stone is a motherfucker, bro. <laughs> Just going back to the rush point, like I'm because of how much people threw dirt on his name, like when that Lakers mm-hmm. the entirety of his Lakers tenure, like I'm rooting for him like per, on a personal level. Like I just hope that he does well, that his mental is good. Cause like it's it's really shitty like to be in your hometown yep. and to have that experience. So like I'm glad that he's at least getting to prove all those people that, again, like, tried to take a victory lap when he flamed out with the Lakers. And then when the Clippers picked him up, like, oh, that's terrible. Like, he, why would why would they do that? Like, that, they don't need to make that move. It's like, no, he's not MVP Russ anymore. But he still is a talented basketball player who can affect mm-hmm. the game in millions of ways. You know, some good, some bad. <laughs> but he's he's an impactful basketball player. Um, the, the, yeah. And you the guys, problem was getting paid, too. Huh? Like contract, like it was the contract. Like what he's like, Russ on a minimum, fantastic, outstanding. You keep you can, but people didn't come up with that nuance. Like people weren't saying like, okay, you know, they're getting a steal because they're getting this guy for minimum. It was just like Russ is a negative basketball player. You, it's a cancer to the team. Like I really like this Clippers team, and then they brought in Russ, and like I'm rethinking my whole. It's just like. Is all that shit necessary? Like it's just, yeah. I just hate the negativity of. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm, I'm saying that about the contract. Yeah. I'm not necessarily hearing other people saying that, but like my problem, not problem with Russ, but it was always kind of like the contract. Like he doesn't, he the the talent level isn't matching max contract status at this point in his career. But he can still be a useful player, and as we're seeing in this series, well, in a game so far, um, he can be useful and affect winning in a positive way. So. We'll continue. I'm looking forward to game two tonight. I'm gonna try to stay up for it. I'm tired, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> Since I'm already tired, we might as well just get the Boston, the Milwaukee Bucks, and mm-hmm. Miami. Go ahead, just before we start with the Bucks. Can I just say, Giannis almost got me out the paint at work today oh. because I was wearing this hoodie and I had an impromptu call with a stakeholder, and I forgot. And like the camera came on, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Because it just says freak right across my chest. <laughs> Not thinking about what I was wearing. But yeah. <laughs> it was the camera flip down for me. Uh, <laughs> like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Y'all can take this hoodie off. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Hold on. I got to. Speaking of which. Oh, damn. You can't even see it. I was about to say, yeah. <sighs> I had a nice little picture. I'll send it to y'all. But it, it was it was in the same kind of the same as the hoodie. It's yeah. Yeah, just text us that. But the Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat, 
series. Miami is currently up 1-0. They, they snuck that home game in and they have flipped home court advantage back to Miami. Game two is Wednesday. Game three is Saturday. Game four is Monday. This was a clean sweep prediction for the Tech Foul crew. We all have Milwaukee in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, we mentioned earlier when we were having a conversation around banning the charge, um, there was optimism around Giannis's injury. The x-rays all came back clean. The MRI, MRI came back clean. Um, and at this point, it's going to be a pain tolerance thing for him. But before we got on air, uh, the injury report came out today's and Giannis listed as questionable. Oh. I'm sorry, doubtful, which is like, oh, my goodness. And Wes Matthews is out. And I was like, was- no, Wes is someone who we actually like. That's that's one of the guys who actually showed he can play in this series in game one. So Bucks got blown out uh, in game one, even before Giannis got hurt. The, uh, the argument's always when you have so much time off, is it going to be rust or rhythm? And the Bucks came out real rusty. They were not looking good. Uh, they took 20 more three-pointers than Miami did in this game, and Miami still made more of them. We couldn't buy I'm saying say it again. The Miami Heat took 20 less three-pointers total than the Milwaukee Bucks, and they still made more. Most of the shots they gave up were open. A lot of overhelping again from the Bucks. A lot of reverting back to how they were playing a couple years ago. Even the way they covered Bam, where I was like, this is the same coverage we saw in the playoff series uh, for Bam back in 2021 when we swept the Miami Heat. Uh, they gave Bam that shot. Said, go ahead, shoot that midi. All you want to. You ain't got it, boss. And in game one, he said, oh, I've been working. If you're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. I'm, I, I got it this time around. Everything was way too easy for Jimmy Butler. They came out with Drew on Jimmy. When we know Giannis is a great defender for Jimmy, just off top. That was confusing to me from the beginning, but then Giannis gets hurt. So again, that throws a lot of different things haywire for them. Um, yeah, it was too easy for Jimmy. I don't want to see Joe Ingles on Jimmy yeah. Butler. I don't want to see Chris Middleton on Jimmy Butler. I don't want to see Grayson Allen on Jimmy Butler. Like, the what, Drew? Okay, sure, we can do that. Wes was good on him. Jay Crowder was getting cooked. There was one play where Jay guessed the wrong way that Jimmy's about, and Jimmy just took off. And I was like, oh no! <laughs> he guessed the wrong way after he took the step. Like, Jimmy already took the step in the direction. Jay and took the step back the and still way. went the wrong way. I was like, God damn, bro, where's you going? Where's you going? <laughs> And like they the were Bucks. talking shit to each other like the entire game. Like that was oh, yeah, they, kind of a game in between. There was a Marquette game in, in the game. And I'm like, bro, how are you talking right now? Like he is lighting your ass up. That's just because they. That's just that's just friendship like they, right there. Which yeah, how they were teammates and how they've been like their entirety of their careers. So like I get it, but also you know reroute some of that in, energy <laughs> into your play because I'm jumping at that damn pump fake at the three point line, bro. I guess Jimmy. Boy, I was pissed when I saw it. I said, that's the shot you want to give him. They did go that under like four or five times. Go under it. He's him and Chris was jumping at that shit. I'm like, when Chris jumped at the pump fake three, I said, boy, did you not read the scouting report? I try to give the benefit of the doubt, though. Not even the benefit of the doubt, but just like, it's a reflex. Like, you see somebody rise up for a shot. Like, like yes, you should be more disciplined. But, like, I also get it. Especially like Some when somebody you like, also know. Let him shoot that. You just you like on a trick, like oh, oh, oh. 
So I, I'm, that's, I'm that's not giving a pass for it, but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the reflex. That's just like when you see Giannis go, you play. You you got it. Right, y'all, you ain't jumping in the. Th- you see people thing, jump at it occasionally. It's like, <laughs> but they only like, do it after you like, made man, jump like, oh, like he's made a couple, and they like, oh yeah, oh, no. Nah. But like they don't give him a few to see if he got. He took mm-hmm. one like one three the entire game. Jimmy is not looking for that shot. Like no, we, no. that's not that's not what he's, Jimmy is looking to get to the paint, score some twos, and he's looking to get fouled. Be the all game. No, I just gotta, we just gotta, we gotta talk about how bad they were first. I still feel fully confident the Bucks can win this series. Yeah, they need to make some I mean, adjustments, but they can win. Yeah, and like the adjustments are obvious. Like it's always that way with the Bucks. Like there's always low hanging fruit that they can just clean up, and then they're off to the races. Like yeah. the thing that gives me confidence is historically the Bucks' worst game of the series is Game One, save for. Boston game seven last year. That was terrible. But <laughs> um, usually game one is their worst game of the series. Like, I feel like they come one, they're always terrible off of rest. Yep. It's always the case. They're always rusty. They're definitely a rhythm team. Um, I don't know what happens to their shooting in the playoffs, but it always disappears. Again, back to that point about the Kings. Like, if your shots ain't falling, you got big ass Brooke Lopez. You got Bobby Portis, you got Chris who's cooking, you got Drew who's a bully. Like, go inside. <laughs> Don't take, you know, contested ISO middies or quick, you know, pull up threes in transition. Pound the paint. Like, yes, Bam is a great interior defender, but he ain't the biggest dude in the world. No. I mean, and they have no other size outside of. Bam out of bio. Like, that's it. And Kevin Love. Kevin, and Kevin Love is a cone. So yeah. I saw by the way, I saw that, that was an old episode title when Tim was I forget who Tim was talking about on defense. He kept going, he's a cone. <laughs> and that's how the ball Kevin Love, which is why I was like another, you know, charge taker because that's all he got in this game right mm-hmm. now. Like whatever. Man. Kyle Lowry on the same team. That's a Oh boy, they was falling all over the damn place. So like this isn't at all a reaction to game one um and it doesn't make me worried about the rest of the series but can i just say the bucks reward for getting the top seed is a team that was actually the seventh best record <laughs> in the east that just dropped the first game of the play in like how the fuck did boston get an easier first round opponent like i've seen people propose you know top seed gets to pick their opponent which I ain't mad at but it's just, again it's like if this was traditional one through eight seating Boston plays Miami Milwaukee gets Atlanta and we just go from there but that's why I was, I was hoping that Boston got Miami because I felt I still thought Boston would win but mm-hmm. I felt like Miami would just push them a little bit harder than what Atlanta could do and that's um, what we're seeing with the Bucks too. It's like it's not necessarily that I'm afraid of them losing. It's just it's gonna be a tough physical ass series for no fucking reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just it's just annoying more than anything. Um, and the fact right. that Boston gets more more days to prepare for their opponent than the ones like again, it's just it does disadvantage the one seed to an extent. Yeah. Um, um, I just last thing about just game one complaints. 
and Eric touched on it already, but if Max Struess is on Brooke Lopez, give Brooke Lopez the ball. Let him eat. <laughs> like that's so looking at the game too and just adjust. Like they have to attack the paint. Like that has to be part of the game plan. They need to use utilize Brooke's offensive game a little bit more because the man is a mountain of a man. Like Bobby Porter was the only like true offense they had in game one. And they're gonna need a little bit more than uh, that. Chris and again, if the threes ain't falling and, and Chris and my, my boy, Money Mid, if the threes ain't falling, like you have to have the right diet of what else you're getting. Like you said, you can't be taking contested mid-range shots. Cut down on the ISO ball, move the ball around, get some ball moving, run some plays. I know that can be a lot to ask for in the playoffs <laughs> for the Bucks, but like just like Again, the series is very winnable for Miami. Miami didn't take that many threes. They only took 25 of them, but they shot 60% from the field. Most of those three, most of the threes they gave up were open looks for Miami, in part because like they're overhelping. They're they're leaving corners because they want to hit, like they're showing on the strong side, where it's like, you don't have to do that. Like, tighten up the drop defense a little bit. You see where they're trying to get their shots. So Brooke has to come up a little bit more on band. Just a little bit, you know, not even that much more, but just a little bit because he was just a little too slow being able to get his hand up to contest the shot um, super meaningfully against Bam. You do that, play some defense. You can't give what is Miami bottom five offense in the league. You can't let them score 130 on you. Like the Bucks calling card is they defense. So like even if the threes ain't falling for the Bucks, which they didn't do during their championship run. The reason why they got that championship is because they play some defense. And I know that not having Giannis there affects things, but there are still enough defensive pieces on this team that they should be able to make it difficult for Miami. Put Project Patty in. I mean, he have West, to. being out, like more than likely he's back in the yeah. rotation. He's going to have um, to. And like the Bucks are definitely like a math problem team where everything that they do is kind of like probability and play to the averages and you know regression to the mean and all that stuff so like i can see them looking at game one like yes we need to make some minor tweaks but miami shot too much. at an unsustainable rate and we shot terrible which is playoff bucks so it might not be that far away from um what their average is but again like the shooting from miami definitely isn't sustainable and like the fact that they limited them to how many three-point attempts like 25 25 yeah like that's that's a good number and like 20 of them were open though that's yeah. the like it's like a if they don't they're not going to shoot that many of them if they are going to shoot them and now tyler hero is hurt for them he's not yeah. returning this playoff series the man broke his hand and he's like i don't know when i broke my hand to be honest with you i don't know he's like, i watched the replay i don't know what i did to break my hand die when ball. he like fell on the ball he died like, for the ball, but he was saying like when he rewatched the replay, like he can't see where his hand like got caught. Like he's like, I don't understand like Frank where it happened. That like he's like, yeah, I was say shit. That's how I broke my thumb. Shit, I just placed my hand on the ground just to kind of hold on, catch myself, and broke the broke the damn mm-hmm. thumb. I was like, freak accident. It happened. You don't for the ball. You, you hit your hand on the ground, bro. Shattered your shit. And now so, with yeah, which real quick with Tyler Hero out. That changes their rotation as well. So who's going to come in now? Duncan Robinson? Duncan Robinson. Another guy who you can attack defensively. Is he going to be Victor Oladipo? That ain't the same, Vic. It could no, be Vic. Vic has been... No. He's, no, he's been terrible offense. He's not... You, you can leave him in the corner somewhere and go <laughs> guard everybody else. 
They probably felt that way about Gabe Vincent and what the fuck can he do? But Gabe Vincent is different. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin, like they're not Bucks killers, but they definitely play a lot better against the Bucks than they do as like their baseline average. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Caleb Martin turns into fucking Kyle Corver when he plays against the Bucks. Um, yeah, no, I, I, again, like I'm not overly worried, like especially if Giannis plays tomorrow. Even having him out there like 60-70% is better than not um, in this instance. So hopefully he's able to go. Hopefully he doesn't further aggravate whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it was important to get that game one. Because like, even after he went out, like I would feel a lot better about game two. But this is now a must win. Like you got to win this game. You can't go and to Miami down there. there. No, no way. You can't. Like then I would be worried. But like as of right now, it's kind of like... Miami was in the rhythm. They played well down the stretch against uh, Chicago in that playing game. Bucks were off for a week. They came out exactly how I anticipated that they would, which is broke as fuck <laughs> in the first quarter, and then Giannis gets hurt, so it kind of kind of throws things off. But yeah, knock on wood, I still feel the same level of confidence that I had yeah. going into the series because I always chalk up the game one kind of like that's a toss up. That's fair. So. I'm still feeling good that the Bucks can win this series. Um, again, if they lose game two, I'm going to start having questions about them. Like I was talking about with the Warriors where it's like, are we just going through some motions right now? Like what, 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 what exactly is going on here right now? Oh yeah. I have one more thing. Cause you, when you brought up um, like less of the ISO, Chris Cook, I'm not yeah. taking anything away from Chris whatsoever. But also, like, when you have Joe Ingles and Brooke Lopez on the court together, like, maybe throw them a couple of pick-and-roll <laughs> possessions. Because, like, otherwise, like, you're not maximizing their value. Like, you yeah. just got Brooke standing in the corner, you got Joe standing off as a spacer. It's like, okay, cool. But, like, if you're just doing that just to go one-on-one against Jimmy Butler, like, it's kind of not smart offense. Hey. Like, even if, like, they're – Pick and roll doesn't directly lead to either one of them scoring. Like that gets the defense rotating, and then it swings around to Chris for a wide open three, or like to get mm-hmm. in an advantageous position against Jimmy Butler, so you can attack him on a closeout as opposed to trying to go one on way and get to your spot. Facts. Ball movement is important. It's important to get the defense uh, scrambling and trying to, to rotate over and all that stuff because that gives you the most advent- like advantageous shot. So like it's, it's just common sense. And again. Miami's little. Get in the paint. Get in the paint. So, game two was tomorrow. I think it's at eight o'clock. I'm like, why is this game coming so late? Again, yeah, I'm getting old, but I'm fine <laughs> with that because we're in the central time zone. A game starting at eight o'clock for what? For what? Why? And Tim been on the East Coast. I'm, I'm, I don't know how you watch any game. Boy, motherfucker. <laughs> this is the one time I was like, you know what? The West Coast really got an advantage, bro, because all their games don't start no later than about 8 o'clock. Bro, when I was in San Francisco, like, that was love. Like, it would be, like, 4 o'clock, and it's basketball. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm set for the night. Like, I don't want to go nowhere. Go straight home in the game home. I mean, while this shit here, bro. Yeah. Watching these damn games at 10 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, I gotta... <laughs> All right. Like, we got four more series. And again, as I mentioned, three of them we're probably not going to spend that much time on, but Cleveland and New York, as we mentioned, game two is happening right now as we speak. Uh, predictions for the Tech Battle crew with the series. Let me rewind. New York is leading the series currently 1-0. Uh, 
Tim, myself, and Ken all had Cleveland. Eric had New York in this series. Uh, Josh Hart twisted his ankle in game one, but I believe he is available tonight and playing. So, again, that's just another uh, pain tolerance thing for him and playing through that. And Josh Hart was critical for the Suns, or not for the Suns, for the Knicks in game one. And not critical in the sense of like how, you know, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson come out and do their thing, but like the man had, I think, 18 and 10 in game one. Like he was eating up the boards. He was. Josh Hart's the kind of dude who's I would love for him to play for my team because he just does all the little stuff and he doesn't complain about it. He is a garbage man in the best of ways. He got two and two right now, 17 minutes. He got what and what? Two and two. That sounds about right. And he's 17 minutes, <laughs> A negative 21. Worst on the team. So, <laughs> not a great game for Josh Hart. But, like, I, I agree with everything you just said. Like, Josh Hart was huge in game one. I like the fit that he has in New York. He's a winning basketball player. Um, so, like, him being even compromised is, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big loss for the Knicks. But um, I think on the show last week, I picked the Cavs. Um, but that was before Julius Randle came back. Um, I think that was the only thing holding me back, really, from New York. I did not realize how good New York's offense was. Yeah. Like, I think I just took it for granted that. You know, oh, it's a Tibbs team. They're winning with defense, gritty, you know, toughness and a bunch of isolation and scoring. But, like, no, they're, they're – like, Brunson has transformed that team. Like, he was getting buckets. <laughs> like, that's, that's, him, him and Donovan Mitchell, that's going to be fun this series. Uh, like, especially if they're the, – all the games – well, not tonight. But if all the other games are close down the stretch, like, them going shot for shot is going to be kind of – KD, Kawhi, like diet, diet version. Yeah, diet version. Fun side because they're shorter. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking in game one, it felt to me watching the game because I was like, Cleveland, like it felt like Donovan Mitchell was the only one who came out kind of like, this is this is how we have to play in this game. Like it is, and again, like the playoff experience for a lot of guys on that roster, and Donovan Mitchell. Albeit the, the the Jazz never, you know, made it to the finals or super far, but like every year he's been there. So he understands the stakes. He understands the intensity of it. And he came out in game one, like gangbusters. And it felt like some other players, I don't want to say they were scared, um, but they were shrinking a little bit in the moment at times. And again, we're recording as this game is going on. So I haven't been able to watch it. All I can do is box score watch for the most part. And looking at what Cleveland is doing offensively in this game, uh, Garland has the most shot attempts, followed by Karis LeVert. And then it's followed by Evan Mobley and then Donovan Mitchell. So it's like, it seems, again, not watching it, but part of why I wasn't worried about Cleveland after the first game, I was like, this game was just, I was like, they got to make, like, this just doesn't feel like they were ready for what it was about to be today. Like, I know they can score better than what they have been. I know they can play better defense than what they were doing. Like, they are missing layups. They were, like, it was just a game where it's like, y'all just feel out of sorts to me. So, to see that as, as appears to have been more of a team effort in game two makes a lot more sense to me. But it's also nice, even with this team, uh, more of a team game, to know that you got Donovan Mitchell in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, if you need to turn it, like, he will turn it on for you. So, I'm still feeling good about Cleveland's pick, but this is a series I could definitely see going seven games. Hmm. Kind of hope it does. I do too. So far. 
Or it seems to be like it will fine. That's it. Who would they play if they won? Bucks or Bucks. Heat? Mm. Bucks Heat winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then wait, any other thoughts on the cause on the series? No. Nope. I think it is I think it's gonna come down to um, well, I think I got Cleveland the six. Like I still got faith in that because uh Yeah. But it should be fun along the way. It's gonna be a fun ride. I think so. I think so. All right. We ain't gonna spend too much time on these last three series because the teams who are supposed to be winning are doing that and they are beating these other teams down. Boston leads Atlanta 1-0. Uh, they might have already won. won. Did they already win? Yeah. Or at least it's close to it. It's, it's a no, the game just ended. There's like yeah. 119 and 106. Boston has a 2-0 lead <laughs> <laughs> on the Hawks. Philly has a 2-0 lead on the Nets. And Denver has a 1-0 lead. Game two was tonight on Minnesota. What was funny to me about the Minnesota one, Carl Towns came out after the game and he was like, it felt like they knew all our plays. Like, they knew everything we were doing. And I believe it was KCP on Denver, and he was like, we absolutely knew all they plays. That is accurate. <laughs> I mean, these two teams are so intertwined. Like, so many players either yeah. came from Minnesota and went to Denver or went, came from Denver and went to Minnesota. Like, they old GM. Minnesota's new GM used to be the GM of Denver. Like, there's a lot of cross-pollination there, so... That doesn't surprise me. I feel like Jokic always is, he always eats up Gobert. So I think it's just a bad matchup for, I can't say, I just don't think Minnesota's good, personally. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, they lost Nas Reed before the season ended, which was a big blow to them. He's having a career year for them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, his name punched the wall. That's like it just they things started working like they were playing really well and then things went wrong really quick and then they were able to find their way into the playoffs through the play-in because the thunder just didn't have the size to keep up with them and here they are getting ready to be swept so here they are getting ready to get swept i mean honestly if josh giddy doesn't have the game of his life (laughs) against the pelicans like i think the pelicans would have beat them in that second play-in game because um, they matched up a Probably. lot better against them. Probably. But, you know, single elimination, that's what <laughs> you run the risk. Exactly. exactly. I don't think we mentioned uh, Zion having a whole dunk contest, but he wasn't ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> In the warm-up. You know what? It, if he feels that his body is not ready, I don't know what you can say. Like Same thing with like Ben Simmons, where it's like, if he's telling you, like, my body ain't ready, you can't force nobody to go and who Ben also wasn't out there in the layup line throwing down 360 dunks and shit. I know Ben wasn't, but I'm just saying, like, if someone like you only take their word, especially when it's like your cornerstone franchise piece. So it's it's weird vibes there because I feel like the the GM came out and said like we never cleared him to play in the first place, um, and kind of hinted at it being a conditioning issue. So like he might. The hamstring might be sound, um, but like if his conditioning isn't up to snuff, like there's definitely the chance of reaggravation. So, and EJ's 
comments about like everybody needs to come back and really dedicate themselves and we need to play together and but like a lot of it felt like veiled shots at Zion specifically so I don't know what's going on there but the gumbo ain't gumboing <laughs> thank the, the jambalaya ain't well the jambalaya is probably lying right now in in, in New Orleans because some ain't some ain't early right all the way well, yeah. um, so here's a question would you do a trade I don't know if it'd be straight up or not I'm gonna have to add another player. Uh, Zion for Trey Young. Hell no. Wait, as who? Hmm? As New Orleans? No. <laughs> Not a chance. I mean, because to be fair, Zion really hasn't, like, he's come back and played, but he hasn't given you many games over the last couple of years. Trey will be there, but Trey disappears. Yeah, I'm. I for one still got would prefer to not be in the Trey Young business. So I would take the upshot of Zion pulling it together and being healthy, kind of like how Embiid was, where he missed the first couple of years of his career. It seemed kind of injury prone. Now he's probably the MVP and has been pretty much healthy the last couple of years. Um, like I would much rather bet on that talent because Trey Young to me doesn't play a winning band, brand of basketball like he hasn't learned his teammates seem to not like him that much his coaches seem to always have issues with him I think there was a, a, a there was a, a anonymous player poll on the athletic today and Trey Young was voted either the most overrated player or like one of the most overrated players by his peers he's like he's has all the talent in the world offensively but like if it's not a talent that other players want to play with like that kind of dooms your like it caps your franchise not to see that so like if Trey comes in and is like your second star like maybe that'll work but like I'm not building my team around Trey Young I'm definitely not giving up Zion Williams, Zion Williamson, to find out if if he's a franchise player or not. Plus, the defense is atrocious. Like, I was like, I, I don't know if you would have to add more pieces. I mean, probably would to get Zion, but like, I was still thinking like, well, you still got Ingram there, uh, so he wouldn't you he. I guess we would have to convince him that he's not the, the one on that squad. He would be the two. But hmm, I, it was just something that I had kind of thought of because of Zion's unavailability and Trey Young's uh, and people's, un, like you said, desire to pretty much not want to play with him like that. Maybe a change of scenery would help the both of them. Trey needs to grow up. I mean, both of them do, but Trey especially needs to grow up basketball wise. Like, He's been catered to. It seems like this is his entire career, and like you're seeing where that's leading you. So like he has to take some responsibility and be a leader. Like if you're the best player, you kind of got to be a leader by default. Yeah. And he ain't that's leading him nowhere. That's fair. All right, we got a couple more pieces here. We're gonna wrap up. As mentioned, shout out to Jaron Jackson Jr. who won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Ooh. I still think Brooke Lopez should have won it. But I'm not mad at J- Triple J taking the taking the hardware. The man is an outstanding defender. And shout out to Sacramento Kings guard De'Aaron Fox, who won the inaugural Clutch Player of the Year award. 
had to be Fox. Yeah, and he been showing it the last, <laughs> the last couple games too. So yeah. All right. Transaction and personnel news, some NBA news, and then some NFL news, and then we are on going get up out of here. So in the NBA, <sighs> they're suspending Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges for 30 games with 20 games considered already served. So Bridges will have to serve a 10-game suspension to start the 2023-24 season if he is signed to another team. It's as if they said, you know, we really want to give him a 10-game suspension. That don't sound right. So let's say it was 30 and then say that he already got a credit of 20 even though he didn't play a game this whole season. Not a game. Not a game. Yeah, the math wasn't mathing. And they released it, what, the day the playoffs started? Somewhere around there, where people weren't paying as much attention to it. No. Let's go slide that in there real quick. Yep. Yep. The NBA. Yeah, has I mean, like, I always have smoke for the NFL when they do fuck shit. So same, I gotta be fair with the NBA. Like this is terrible. Like is it, how like the NFL is already doing the bare minimum when it came to domestic violence punishments, and you somehow didn't even reach that standard. Like that's that'd be like if Deshaun Watson got a, a one year suspension, but because he missed all of last year, it's only gonna be ten games. Like, yeah. Where the fuck did, how the math ain't math fam. Like that's the best thing I can say. That's really the only thing they can say. Like it don't doesn't make sense. Cause even if you're like, well, he missed this whole year, like let's give him credit uh for the fact that, you know, he he missed a year. How do you pick twenty? And it's like, yeah, he didn't have a he didn't get any income from basketball this season. But that also means that he didn't forfeit 20 game checks <laughs> of the 30 that he's slated to miss. So, like, how is it in any way a 30-game suspension? Maybe you can just say his penalty was he missed last year and to be come back, he gets 10. Because that's essentially what you did. But you don't – the optics of it is 10-game suspension. That ain't shit. So, let's say it's 30 and give him credit for time. Sorry, it just – it doesn't make sense. That is funny, though. We'll give him <laughs> – 20 games you missed the last 20 games like bro I missed the last 82 (laughs) that's a wild stuff the NBA is fining the Dallas Mavericks $750,000 for resting their players against the Bulls late in the season when they still had playoff chances alive the NBA investigation concluded that the Mavericks violated player resting policy and quote Demonstrated through actions and public statements, the organization's desire to lose games in order to improve the chances of keeping its first-round draft pick. The Dallas Mavericks' decision to restrict key players from fully participating in an elimination game last Friday against Chicago undermined the integrity of our sport, and the Mavericks' actions failed our fans and our league. End quote. If they want to really hurt their ass, they should be like, nah, y'all actually the 11th place team. Your pick's still leaving, you motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yo, they got fine. How much did they get fine, Camille? $750,000, so almost a mil. Mark Cuban is worth $5.1 billion. He matched it and said he was giving it to charity. Yeah, he's donating. That is not any type of penalty. Like, that's that's no type of deterrent. 
Like, there's <laughs> no reason why another team next year is not going to look at it like, well, shit, that's the penalty. Like, uh, I'm going to take yeah, these games because fuck it. So, it's, again, it's, it's lip service to make it seem like you're doing something when in reality it's just it's a slap on the wrist. It's the same shit as Miles Bridges. Like, same thing. She's going to look like we're like close out there. But we're not really. Yeah. Going back to the thing about Luca and his suspension for going over the technical limit or Draymond and all the fuck shit that he's done and not getting penalized for it. It's like David Stern was a tyrant <laughs> to certain degrees. He was definitely like a problematic leader for the NBA mm-hmm. in certain regards. But when it came to discipline, like he ruled <laughs> he ruled the league in a way that didn't undermine the integrity mm-hmm. of the league. And Adam Silver is a complete opposite. He's the parent that gives you a Vinny. Ah, if I tell you don't do it again, you won't, right? Nope. Not <laughs> even a Vinny. Like, he, he's the parent that will be at your murder trial we're talking about, but he's a good boy. He can never do this. All the evidence pointing to the opposite. Not my son. Hey, my, it was somebody like... Something. Just be a stronger leader, fam. The, yeah. That's the thing because he's a like the a players commissioner. Yeah, because it's, think about his his tenure. Like his very first piece of business was the the Donald Sterling business with the Clippers. Yeah. That was his very first chance to make a disciplinary like statement, and he did by making you know Sterling sell the team. And then after that, he kind of went back to being like, okay, I'm the fun parent. Like, <laughs> yeah. not, like David Stern was the was the bad cop. I'm good cop. Yeah, but that's just the way, and that's part of what you get when you have a a, a person who is more player focused in that way. Like, you can't do that and be a tyrant with discipline, like, because then the image is uh, not the, the doesn't doesn't connect no more. So, like David Stern, for all his faults, if you want to call it a good thing that came from it, his discipline, that's part of what comes from being a tyrant because you're gonna rule how you rule. But when you're trying to be like Adam Silver and like appealing to people and being the players guy and the good cop. It's, it's, discipline's not going to hit the same. Yeah. I feel like Adam Silver is skated because of the Sterling thing for like five years. Like that just bought him like five years of goodwill. <laughs> he just like, <laughs> like all right. Like, like. And time's ticking. Yeah. yeah. Time's ticking. Yeah. And speaking of time ticking, uh, Mark Larsley, uh, one of the co-owners of Milwaukee Bucks, his time was up. He completed his sale of his stake of the Bucks to Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam and the Haslam Sports Group. So that's officially done now. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So the bus get a deep pocketed Huh? I was like, I was a deep pocketed owner when they start imposing deeper penalties for spending more money. Like, that was the only good upside of bringing Haslam in as an owner that he was willing to spend. And now, you lose all avenues towards like improving your team if you spend over a certain amount. So it kind of left your guy out the wrong time. Because, mm, well, mm. well, I mean, you know, if you know about Mark Lagry and part of why he probably sold the team, then you know. I'm not going. Mm. I'm not going to bring it up on air. But I'm I'll, if y'all don't, if y'all, if three y'all don't know, I can tell y'all when we get off the air. But I'm not going to say it on air. Regardless of such, let's move to the NFL and get out of here. So, speaking of owners, ownership, commanders, owner Dan Snyder has apparently reached an agreement to sell the team. 
for approximately six billion dollars. Six billion dollars. Billion dollars. <laughs> After he purchased the team for, I believe, eight hundred million dollars. So, yeah, bro. I come up. I but come everybody up. all excited and stuff like that. So, he's a terrible owner. Yeah, he yeah. is. He had to go. He had to go. He was, he was doing all kind of dirty, freaky shit. Like, no, he had to go. <laughs> Dirty, he was, shit. Yeah, he was. He was terrible. He, he had to go. So I, I understand. <laughs> Eric, does that mean you'll uh, you'll pick the Washington football team to win some games with with Dan Snyder out the building? Sure. I mean, <laughs> they got rid of the racist mascot. They got rid of the racist owner. I mean, sure. sure. Well, why not? I, I don't okay. animosity towards that group anymore. <laughs> I said they promote black. I, I, they they, they kind of sound like they have your alley right now. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're still terrible, so it's not like I'm I'm picking on the mirrors of the uh, on the field product. I do think it's interesting that the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers is now the owner of the Washington Commanders. Um, like, how that's gonna work? Like, you own teams in competing markets, like. I'm pretty sure Philly fans, I mean, Philly Eagles fans aren't going to let. <laughs> they're going to have smoke for him when football season comes around. He's yeah. going to be like, I'm not going to be here right now. Peace out. I ain't going to be here. Like, not going to season. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all going to still buy these 76ers tickets, ain't you? All right. <laughs> like, imagine if, uh, if uh, Wes Edens also owned the Chicago Bears. Like, I feel like people would, well, yeah, I feel like people would have an issue with that locally. They might put, like say something initially, but people get old. Like, they ain't going to. Once season starts and they watching their team again, they're, they're not, not thinking going, about that. They're not thinking about that. Uh, the Lions traded cornerback Jeff Okuda to the Atlanta Falcons in exchange for a 2023 fifth round draft pick. Yeah. Worth a flyer, man. That was the third pick in 2020, and three years later, yeah, this round pick. Yeah, Atlanta's trying to shore up that defense a little bit. They they paying all they can. They trying to. They just got Bud Dupree as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a good pickup. Like they they they've been. I saw the tweet, and I don't have it in front of me of all of their um additions. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I was just making a talk about Okuda. Okuda. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily an upgrade to their defense, right. but. That's fair. That's <laughs> real fair. <laughs> Very good point. All right. Uh, the Eagles signed Jalen Hurts to a five year, $255 million extension on Monday of this week, making him the highest paid player in NFL history. His contract includes $179 million in injury guarantees. Uh, he is also the first Eagles player to have a no trade clause in their contract. He also just came, uh, he just had surgery too on his ankle to remove some equipment that they had in there for him when he was hurt in 2018. Oh. So he just had his off uh, ankle surgery. Uh, yeah. He just had that, I think it was yesterday or the day before or something like that. So right after he got his money, uh, around the same time, he had got his shit fixed. So he, yeah, he's straight. 
he got that security now. He's like, I'll take my time. Like, because the Eagles doing that showed a big commitment in him. Like, no trade clause. Like, we're going to give you the biggest contract in NFL history, give you all this guaranteed money. I think it's the third most guaranteed money in the NFL. Like, yeah, like, go ahead. You're a nasty me. man. In, uh... Right. Nasty man. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> 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 I knew you we were, we, we were talking about. I don't, yeah, really, yeah. I don't have any follow up questions. I know what you mean. Um, but what will be interesting to see is with this contract, he uh, set the market now because Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are both in the last year, entering into the last year of the rookie deal. So, and Lamar. Uh, Lamar's and Lamar's out here too. Did, uh, did Danny Dines, did he get his new deal or is he still kind of up in there? No, he got his new deal because uh, Saquon not signing the tag. That's right. They signed him over uh, Saquon. And he's like, nah, I'm not playing on that damn tag. Y'all got me fucked up. <laughs> I ain't signing nothing. Uh, I saw Buda Baker, like, he requested a trade because they're not trying to redo his contract. And it's like, I get that it is, from a business standpoint. We have on our agenda uh, here this evening. Buda Baker is uh, the last thing on our agenda, so take it away. No, I just, like I get it from a business standpoint. Like you want to, you know, maximize your investment. So like you don't want to give somebody an extension or raise if you don't have to. Yeah. But if you're not gonna pay the man, let him go and get paid somewhere else. Like that to me, like that just endangered uh, engenders ill will. Like why would I want to come back to a place that knows that they're underpaying me, isn't willing to give me a new deal, and also isn't willing to let me go out and get a new deal? Like. I get he has no recourse, so he has to. But I'll be on the first thing smoking. Like <laughs> once I am free, it's kind of like uh, Gordon Hayward with Utah. Like they lowballed him. He tried to go get a deal from Charlotte. They matched the first time that he had an opportunity to be an unrestricted free agent. Like I'm out of here. Y'all not getting no compensation. Like fuck y'all. <laughs> like yeah. I did my bid and I'm out. So like I, I, I always hold that. I, yeah, I always hold that point of view with players and holdouts and wanting to renegotiate. And I get it, like a trade request might just be a negotiating ploy to get the team that you're on to give you the money. But at the same time, like if you're really not willing to give meet what they are and somebody else is, let them go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arizona probably will be one of the most active teams in the draft this year. You got Hopkins on trying to get out. They've been taking uh, calls for the number three pick in the draft. Buda Baker trying to get out. So, like, if they play their cards right, no pun intended, uh, they can trade the number three pick, move down maybe a, two spots or something like that, re-up on some more draft picks, trade Hopkins for more draft picks. They tell me, because uh, Von Miller said he wanted to be in Buffalo. Okay, uh, give us some more assets for uh, Hopkins. Buda Baker still a star, star. Mm-hmm. Pick up some more assets in that reshuffle, rejigger, and you have a bunch of uh, hot young talent on low contracts, on rookie deals and shit like that. Sure, your team ain't really in a position for you to be competing right now, anyways. So you can just kind of reload up on cats, treat them better than the stars that you've currently had, and maybe you might be able to do some shit. Because you just gave Kyler that big ass contract too. So, yeah. so to wrap this up uh, around Buddha. Apparently, the Cardinals have been dealing with this trade request for, from him for a few months now. He has two years left on his contract, and he wants to restructure it to be amongst the highest paid or become the highest paid at his position. 
And in case you were curious who was paid more than him, uh, Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, Jamal Adams, Jesse Bates, Harrison Smith, and Justin Simmons all make more on a total value and average per year basis. And he wants to have his name up there with them. Only one I don't agree will be Harrison Smith. Who's going to pay more than him? Well, yeah. yeah, because Justin Simmons is really, really good. So no, all those players are, are... Yeah, but I mean, Harrison Smith is the oldest one at all of them. So. 34. Yeah, 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 he was uh, he was of that value when he signed it though, so it's not mm-hmm. like that's what I'm saying. Like, like now, it's going away, you like, gotta pay you. It's the cost of doing business. Like you gotta pay your good players. Yeah. Otherwise, get whatever compensation for them and, and keep and, them pushing. Um, to add a little bit more flavor on that, because if you look at the numbers, Buddha's total value of his contract is fifty nine million. Justin Simmons is coming in at 61. Harrison Smith's at 64. Jesse Bates is at 64 and some chains. Jamal Adams is at 70. Minka is at 72. And then Derwin is at 76. And again, Buda Baker is making 59. Mm. So. Tobias Harris making 185. <laughs> <laughs> Passing shots and shit. Average no 12 points a game. Like, what the fuck is this? Different than that NBA money, but that's the show we got for y'all this week. We hope y'all enjoyed. As always, we appreciate y'all tuning in. If you were in the YouTube, we appreciate you. Appreciate all the likes, subscribes, the comments. Even if you listen on the audio version, head over to our YouTube, like like the video, because you already like the episode. Like right. it up, drop a comment, let us know what you're thinking. Like you don't have to necessarily watch it on the YouTube the whole way to comment on the YouTube. You interact with us in different ways. So uh, get that going. Um, word of positivity for y'all this weekend or just a message. Um, take care of yourselves. Uh, with everything that you have going on in your life and trying to be there for everyone else. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well, because the first thing that gets pushed to the wayside when you're caring about everything else is your own health and your own well-being, because you'd be so tired. <laughs> you'd be right. so, so tired. So I don't have the energy to even take care of myself right now. So I'm just going to be that voice in your ear right now to say, hey, you are still worth that. Take care of yourself. You are valued and show yourself that because others would do it for you. So do it for yourself. And uh we're gonna get out of here. If you wanna follow me on social media, you can catch me. Wait a minute. On Twitter, Instagram, these PSN Hogwarts and 2K Streets and Apple Music at Camille Monet. C-A-M-I-L-L-E-M-O-N-A-E. Right here. If you watch on the YouTube. Camille, how you feel about that new Harry Potter show? I'm here for it. I think I said it mm-hmm. years ago. Like it should have been a, a, a show with each book being a season because they cut out too much from the movies. Yeah. And there are people who are Harry Potter movie fans who are upset they're gonna do I'm like first the books um the books are what's canon here. Like the books are the holy grail, first right. and foremost. The movies are all right. Mm-hmm. It has some good moments. The actors who played the three were great. I can go on and on about this. So don't get me started. All I'm going to say is, in the show, I hope they portray Ron closer to who he was in the book, which made him seem a lot more of a loyal, dedicated friend who actually gave them something. Instead of how the movie version was him always being scared and saying slick stuff about Hermione and <laughs> all that other stuff. So, Damn near useless. Dang near. But I will say, 
I'm with Ron about them spiders because the Hogwarts legacy, there's a couple of times you got to go in these caves and it's like the big spiders. I have never been so scared playing a game since Resident Evil. Like, <laughs> terrifying. And then when you kill the spiders with fire, they run around and squeal. And I'm like, no, oh, this is too realistic. It's too much happening with these giant spiders. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the on that one. I said content it should have been an animated series, but I'm here for it. Uh, at Bucksburner on Twitter. That's all you get. That's all you get. Uh, you guys sound douche? Oh, and I'm douche. No, I ain't got <laughs> And it's your boy, T I M K I N Z, the number three, aka Ask Ketchum, aka Mr. Give It To Me. I gotta go get this damn DoorDash in a minute, so y'all gonna be easy. All right, y'all. <laughs> Good night, everybody.